Hello, welcome to episode one of my English podcast series, and we'll just be covering each unit for each episode. And I am joined by my dad, Bruce Dorsey Sr., and I feel honored to be able to talk about the story with my son, and whenever you're ready, we can jump right into it. Yep, yep. So... We will be covering the inspector calls in English texts that I had for my first unit. Welcome back. So, Dad, the inspector calls is a sort of mystery short story about an inspector, a police inspector visiting the Burling home. Burling is a rich business family. And right now, the police inspector is interrupting a big, like, engagement, almost marriage celebration. And the whole family's there, like Gerald Croft and Sheila Burling. They're getting married so that in Arthur's Burling, the father, in his opinion, they can get more friendly with the as okay so Gerald Croft his father is business rivals with Arthur Burley so their companies may be more as partners now now that their families are closer so you're so you're they're looking to basically um, unite the two families so that they can become more powerful no that's actually not true because we don't really know like Gerald's or the Gerald's father's like real opinion on that. It's just Arthur's interest that he doesn't really care too much. Like like he's supportive of like his daughter's happiness, but the added benefit of potential business partners with Gerald's family. Hmm. So it's just so he's just hoping that there's a possibility. Yeah. Okay. He cares and does not care about the love. Hmm. And it's, it's kind of messed up when you think about it like that. Yeah. Sounds like, um, sounds like he could possibly do more harm than good in terms of that marriage. Yeah. And I'll tell you later, but yeah, he's a little, he's a little messed up even to his own daughter. But this police inspector comes in and crashes the party with a with the news that Ava Smith, a girl that he is sure that the family knows, has killed herself by drinking disinfectant in like a hospital. It's very it's like they don't like it's not graphic. They don't like describe it in big detail but it is a bad way to die and so the police inspector 
basically in- interviews each family member one by one. Okay, so he interviews the family members one by one, and he starts off with Arthur Burling, the father, mm-hmm. and he and he asked that okay, okay, what what, what should I have to do with it? And sum it all up, Arthur Burling owns a business that Elizabeth was working under, and when she joined a feminist protest in order to ask for higher wages, not even by that much. That we know of in the story, not not even by that much. She cuts her off, like the whole the whole protest. That's taken care of by him. He fires all the women, specifically when because it was a feminist protest. I like just said, and she is out of that job, and she is starting to like that firing is the catalyst to her suicide because it basically puts her life on a downturn. Wow, that is really that's that is so unfortunate. I mean, that is, and I'm assuming back during that particular period of time, there weren't any uh, any laws around um, discrimination. Oh yeah, the story takes place before the the Titanic even sunk. It was like being built at that point, so it was like before 1912 so it was also during the industrial industrial revolution so it it was just even worse of the time to work yeah that's that's yeah that's really um yeah so that 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 definitely would not be uh there would definitely be some repercussions against that uh against that company and possibly uh mr burling uh, in these days and times. Yeah. And I I would just like to imagine like the news headlines for that. Because I'm pretty sure like that company would just get blasted by hate. Because especially for like shutting down like a protest like that and just firing everyone. Like not even addressing it really. Just firing because they asked for like, a few more dollars high for their wages. Yeah, and, the, and, and this particular story, um, the company employed all women? No. It's, we're not really told too much about his company, but it was specifically a feminist group, so I assume his company employed both men and women. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that company definitely would come under extreme pressure and and uh, and fire today um, taking that course of action yeah and she because of that because of she got because she got fired she lost her stable job and then she had to become a it's like basically she worked at a clothing store and that's when Sheila Burling comes in as the next interview or her next interviewee. And she the way the reason why she knows her is because she got her fired too at her last stable job. And it was because of something really childish too. 
is because she thought that she was making fun of her because she was apparently able to wear a dress better than her. She just happened to catch her like smiling at her coworker, and her insecurity led her to think that, oh, she, she must be laughing at me. Yeah, I, I'm going to get her after I'm out of here, and that kind of thing. And after she left, she used her high influence in order to get her fired very quickly. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like any appeal or anything. It was just like, oh, a customer filed a, a complaint against you, so now you're fired. Just like that. Yeah, that must have really, really made her feel. That must have probably start making her feel somewhat depressed, um, somewhat um, um, helpless, and um, I'm sure she wished that she had some other recourse or somebody she could have gone to, um, to, you know, to uh, to fight. Yeah, for her job. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, if you had power back then, you had power, almost absolute. And, I mean, hey, when a rich and powerful crack down on the, the less fortunate, nothing you can really do. Unless the other rich and powerful help you too, which is a perfect segue into the next interviewee, Gerald Croft. So, basically, Ava was going to she was going at great lengths in order to stay financially afloat. So she even went to bars and she tried, like she, she didn't really do it. She didn't really do anything yet, but she tried to like basically sell herself and then at bars. And Gerald Croft, I remember when I said Sheila's about to be husband. Mm-hmm. He basically saved her from a bad encounter and he took advantage of her in terms of her financial and like just mental dependability on him because she was basically her knight in shining armor because he did try helping her and everything. One second. So I feel like Gerald is, he's less bad out of the entire family. Like, he is the the least bad. Like, despite what I just said, like, he takes advantage of her. Like, he takes advantage of her. He basically makes her into his mistress and basically goes behind his fiance's wife to, or to see Ava. So, did Ava have any other support system? She didn't have any parents, any any siblings, nobody that could help her? Not that we know of, no. It was just that desperate. Because, I mean, you assume that if Ava really had no support like that, then she she must have come from like a poor family and she had to work in uh, like a terrible factory job in order to be okay. It definitely sounds like a um, definitely sounds like a really um, a terrible existence. 
Yeah, it really is. Then, uh, so Gerald, despite taking advantage of her, he does genuinely feel like pity. Like, he feels pity because he he did financially help her. Like he like he like he gave money every so often. He lets her stay in an apartment like sort of area where his friend owns. He lets her stay. But it's kind of like an exchange. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't doing it for nothing. Yeah. He was doing it for his own personal lustful gain. Yeah. And um, so, in a sense, he's part of the problem. He is, because he is, he's kind of sexist too. Because he, because something that he said, like in this actual quote, that he hates like doughy eyed or doughy faced women. Or something, and because Ava was pretty, because like he, like like he like thinks about her like as he's like describing the situation, like like oh yeah, like her, her brown hair, her beautiful eyes, like that's probably the only real reason why he saved her is because she was cute. Um, how did he? How did he treat her? Um. As far as hers, uh, his interactions with her um, normally. I mean, did he treat her with a certain amount of respect? Um, mm-hmm. Did he? Uh, I mean, I know that he essentially was using her or making a uh, or kind of trading this for that with her. But um, aside from that, how did he actually treat her? Did he talk to her? Was he verbally abusive? Was he? Did he treat her with? You know, respect in terms of how he addressed her. Do we know that? We we do know that a little bit because, according to Ava's diary, her time with Gerald was the best time, was like the best time of her life. So, we can assume that he treated her like she would with Sheila, but is obviously this the relationship's different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after he left, he was gone. Like he essentially dropped her after like he had like work to do, but and he couldn't like stay like he couldn't like actually like stay at two tasks. So like once he left, he, he left, and then she was back out like onto the street. She had to fight for, like fend for herself. Like he like. He, like Ava was sad, and she was like, "Okay, you know what? Don't even give me money." It was like you know, I had to like force her, like, "Hey, take this money to at least like be good for like a few months." Like he he cared, but it it was it's a difference of the care for her. It was yeah. different. Yeah, and it, and it's a shame that it doesn't seem like it seems like she had very low self esteem, um, and. Uh, so she probably, it's a shame she could not have used her mind and thought of exactly what she could do as far as whether she could, uh, you know, whether she could bake and sell her goods or whether she could, um, you know, perform some other kind of, uh, maybe uh, she could sell food or too bad she couldn't, um, you know, wasn't something she could she could do kind of like an entrepreneurial type of 
uh, well, mindset. Um, yeah, but still, if you want to get those apples, you want to get those, you want to get that, you know, you want to get money, then, you know, like selling goods, you got to buy the goods. Well, she could have taken some of the money that she was getting from Gerald and put it to, you know, and put it to, to, to work for her. You know, she could have used that money to help to set herself up. And um, and, I, and again, I don't really know. Um, I really don't know what was really possible at that time. But I do know that um, I do know that if she could have used her mind and she, she understood what talent she had, she could have possibly created some kind of work for herself, possibly. Um, Maybe, but we don't know if she really had any talent. Excuse me. If she had any, really, any talent like that. Well, everybody has talent. You just have to figure out. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is. And then you also have to have, if her self-esteem was low, which yeah. it seemed like it was, then, you know, then naturally she probably wouldn't have that type of desire to even, you know, to even look at her situation as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, after she was left out of Gerald's life, she did some things, and eventually she met Eric. Who was the? Who's another son of Arthur, and he is really even worse. Like he's probably the worst out of them, because he met her in a bar. And instead of doing like what Carol did, was like, okay, I respect you. He basically used her as like an object, and he basically sexually assaulted her, and. He tried to do what he could for responsibility, but it wasn't enough. Like, he even stole from his father to try and give him money. That kind of thing. And she had to take care of her baby after that. So, when he sexually assaulted her, he ended up getting her pregnant? Yep. And it was just... It's just the running trend of this family. It's just that they could just do what they want because they're just powerful enough. And she was just kind of helpless because even though, like, she didn't want anything to do with Eric like that, she didn't really care because at that point, at that her lowest state of mind, she was like, forget it. I'm just going to take her kid or whatever. I'm just going to do what I can at this point because she didn't even really hate Eric after that. Like, she, she definitely had her feelings, but she didn't really express them like that. Like she was just kind of hopeless. Like, you know what? I expected this kind of attitude. Yeah, so she so she definitely didn't think that it would do any good to go to the police or authorities when he sexually assaulted her, correct? Pretty much. And she wanted to keep the kid, which is leads to our final person, which is... Uh, Arthur Burling's wife, Sybil Burling. And she is a part of this women's organization that supports women who are in, in 
in trouble, who might need financial aid, just need advice, that sort of thing. And she went over to them and she was saying like, okay, I need some help. And the first mistake she made was accidentally or maybe purposely trying to say that she was Mrs. Burling. And funny enough, Sybil Burling was really interviewing her. So, so she was like, excuse me, who are you? He was like, oh, it was just the first name I thought about. But technically, she was a Miss Burling because she had Eric Schott. Mm. Wow. So, so, yeah, like, Sybil immediately, like, started becoming, like, discriminated against her. Feel like, okay, like, how dare this, like, because, like, she, like, she, 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 like, she could tell, like, she was, like, lower class. Mm-hmm. She was lower class than her. She was, like, starting to become, like, discriminated against her, like, you know. So, basically, Sybil Berlin um, started treating her very um, condescending. She started, she started being very condescending toward her. She started acting like she was beneath her and those types of things. Not, not, it didn't really show, but you could tell, like, when, when Ava tried to explain her situation that, okay, I need some, I need some, like, financial help to raise this baby because my, because the father's in a different class than me, I can't really, I don't want to, like, have the, those those class problems clash and really affect like the whole situation, make it even more complex than it already is. But so Sybil so wouldn't listen. She wouldn't listen. She was like, you know what? Make the father be responsible, and that's it. Like we don't want to help or anything. Like like even when. Like, no matter, like, what she said, like, okay, just leave. Uh, just, just dismissed her. Yeah, like, she didn't care if she had, if she needed financial help seriously. Like, just make the father pay. Since he's in a higher class, just make him pay. Like, he should be, he should be responsible. Which is, it makes sense, because the father should be responsible. Yeah. But if the, if the mother has to seek outside help, then that should be provided. Yeah. That's why child support exists. Well, and that, and actually I'm glad you brought that up. Back during that time period, what were the, what were the laws around child support? I don't know. But I doubt they were very including in terms of rights. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like, and it's so, so back during that time, they definitely have um, a lot of evolving to do. Society, we had a lot of evolving to do in terms of our laws, our rules, our regulations, um, and our overall view of different classes, sexes, races of people back during that time. Yeah, which is very unfortunate, and it makes, it, you know, it, it just makes us. Uh, it should make us be more grateful that we are in a different time period, uh, and we've come so far. Uh, as we keep, as we keep driving and trying to evolve, 
toward equality. Um, you know, it, it's really, it really was a very, it sounds like it was a very, um, just a very difficult time for a lot of people back during that time period. Yeah. You know, Mr. King, you already, you already knew it like 60 years ago, what he wanted. He wanted to see true quality, but still not pay, but pay return. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so what happened at the end of the, what, what happened after she had the experience with um, Sylvia Burley? So, Sylvia Burley. So, after she dismissed Ava, Ava basically, okay, she basically, we don't know exactly what happened then after, but we do know that basically it was over. There was no more avenues of, or options that she could think of, and so she killed herself then. But there is a very odd part of the story that I want to talk to you about, and it, it's very interesting because the inspector is not an inspector because he had no warrant or anything he just said he was a police inspector and a maid because the maid the burlings own the maid because of course they do they're a rich family the maid just believed it let him in didn't have to show a warrant or anything and he he wasn't taking notes about like their involvement he didn't press any like he didn't was he wasn't like discussing like, oh yeah you're charged of this he was just there, just basically interrogating them mm. about their guilt. And like they and like the whole like family was like clawing at each other and like it's like basically taking moral high grounds over each other over their treatment of Ava. Mm -hmm. And he was almost like he was almost like he already knew, basically. He just wanted them to admit it. And near the end of the story, after the inspector leaves, they all realize this and that he wasn't that he wasn't he didn't really act like a real inspector. And so Arthur Burling, I no, I think Eric or Arthur, they go and ask they go no, it's Arthur. He goes directly to the phone. He calls the police chief. Because he has those connections, of course. Whoa. He calls the police chief. He's like, hey, who is this guy? Do you know uh, Inspector Goyle? Because that's Inspector's name. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Do you know this Inspector Goyle? And then they re they realize that he doesn't even exist. He does not even exist wow. in, on so the force. Who is this person? Don't know. Don't know who that guy is. And so they put down the phone. Everyone starts relaxing, right? They start relaxing. It's like maybe there, maybe there even is a, maybe there isn't even an Ava Smith at all. Maybe like we we met this person, of course, but like maybe she'd even kill herself, right? Right. And they start thinking, hey, wait a minute. Do we even know the Ava Smith that we're all talking about? Because this guy only showed a photograph to one of us each time. He could have showed us all of the same girl. He always went to his jacket, pulled out a photo, showed one person at a time, and he pulled it back in, and he pulled out another photo. 
another photo or maybe it was the same photo they don't know they they just all know that they recognize that specific girl they don't know which girl each other saw right right so they start relaxing like arthur berlin's like oh yeah you have to forget that guy yeah you guys should just celebrate yeah because it's your it's your wedding uh mm-hmm. celebration and Sheila's not too happy about it because you know, like she, like Gerald was in the same room with her when he was discussing it. Oh yeah, basically cheated on you. Right, right. Yeah, and it was like, and Sheila basically says like, yeah, I can't marry you. I, I literally just can't. But she, in turn, because he expressed like why he did it, mm-hmm. she said that he that she respected him because. She knows that he at least took pity on her situation and mm-hmm. wanted to help her, not just use her. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting bit. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. It definitely is. But she still held steadfast to the fact that she did not want to marry him. Right? Yeah, because what he did still happened. And the family is starting to relax because once they realized that this person that had been interrogating them wasn't from the police department at all yeah it could have been anybody they felt like they were off the hook so to speak basically like oh yeah this is all one big hoax right this is just some we don't even guy. know if it's true yeah he's just shaking this up ring 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 there's the phone again Eric picks up the phone and he says, Hey, there's a girl who drank disinfectant and died. And then that there was a police inspector coming in to interrogate. Mm. So that's that's and it ends there. It ends. That's how it ends? That's how it ends. That's how it ends. He's like, oh my god. Basically, wait, we were just interrogated by this guy about this girl who killed herself. And then after he leaves, we did okay, the girl must be fake. The girl actually does kill herself the same method. And they are, in fact, going to be questioned and interrogated yes. about it. Yes. And it was, it's just wild. Okay. So I'm looking at the time now, and there's a max of 30 minutes for each recording. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say with these last 10 seconds that just thank you for listening to me about all this, and have a nice day, Pat. Thank you, BJ.